Welcome back to Bradley's Chat. I'm Bradley, and it's been a while. Um, I think everybody got a little burnout after the ETC because I haven't seen any other podcasts really doing anything. Um, Paired Weapons podcast, the premier podcast of all Ninth Age, they've been cranking out some episodes, but even they are lacking a little bit of energy. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think it's over now. I think everyone's back in the swing of things. I think everyone's ready to roll some dice and kick the shit out of each other again. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, I've been working my ass off like everybody else. Um, yeah, I'm on call all the time and working long hours, six days a week. It's crazy. It's gonna my my line of work though slows down quite a bit in the wintertime. So hopefully the next couple months I'll get a little reprieve. I'll be back to like 40 hours a week and it'll be fine. I'll be able to you know enjoy life. I actually uh, took today off. Today being uh, Tuesday, I took Tuesday off because uh, I worked all weekend. And uh, Thanksgiving's coming up this weekend. This week, my wife's all stressed out because the house is completely trashed because we've both been working and uh, haven't been home. The house is a disaster. So I took today off to uh, podcast. But, you know, I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to go through and do the thorough clean, you know, make this place look awesome so that when my wife comes home tonight, she wants to jump my bones because the house looks so good. Um, that's the plan. Uh, so ninth age related, I have signed up for my first tournament, um, that I'm actually going to be able to go to. I got the, uh, paid time off. I've already scheduled it. Um, I got to book the hotel still, but it's, uh, it's in December. Yeah. It's like, uh, December 2nd through the 4th. There's a singles event. It's in Ohio. There's a, I think there's a three round uh, singles event on Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday there's a uh, five round um, team tournament, like ETC style. Um, I don't know what team I'm on. I don't know if I'm on the ringer team. I don't know if I'm on another team. I have no idea because. Uh, you know, I didn't have a team when I signed up, so I'm not sure yet, but I'm sure they'll get with me. Whatever it is, I'm fine with it. I just want to play. Um, it's going to be great. Um, bringing the Empire, of course. Why else? What else would I bring? Um, I've got to get that army out and put it through some maneuvers because we're going to fake war. We march to fake war. Um, I'm excited, man. I play dwarves. I want to play dwarves. I want to play against vampires. I want to play against Skaven. and I want to play against... You know, or I want to play against it all, man. I want to just get the plethora. I want to see Asklanders. I want to see demons. I want to see warriors of chaos. Like I want to, I want to meet all my opponents and I want to crush them. You know, with a smile on my face. Um, that's probably optimistic, maybe a little bit, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of a loner, so I'm getting my own room. You know what I mean? Because I like to snore and I like to. You know, sleep. So, um, I got like the hotel points, so I figured why not. Um, so this tournament's gonna be held at Shore Wars, and it's, uh, it's called Sin Strength in Numbers. And, uh, the Strength in Numbers team tournament, like, 
I'm glad I'm going the singles as a warm up. You know what I mean? Because that'll be like my on Friday. I'll have like a three day warm up. You know to get the rules refreshed in my head, get to see some different looks. That's going to be like my training day. You know, I'm going to pick my opponent's brains, learn everything I can on Friday so that um, I play good on Saturday. I would not be excited if I was going straight into a team tournament without any kind of prep before it because I haven't played in months and I haven't had a chance to because of work. So I think the Friday before having that three-day singles is, is really special. It's really good. Um, but anyway, Jeff Parkhurst puts this on every year. It's one of, I think he, I think he does a couple tournaments. He has Buckeyes Battles too, which is a really big one. But this one's apparently a really big one too. Lots of people I've never met are showing up. Some people I've only met through the internet are going to be there. So it's going to be cool to put some, uh, faces and personalities with, you know, online personas, whatever. So the deployment and secondary objectives for, which I have to read about this shit, dudes, because I'm doing some, you know, I'm doing my half-assed preparation. So round one is going to be Marching Columns and King of the Hill. Round two is going to be Refuse Flank, Hold the Ground. Round three is going to be Encircle and Capture the Flags. I'm still working out how Empire captures the flags because my army is pretty slow, but we'll figure it out. Uh, round four is Dawn Assault Breakthrough. And round five is Counter Thrust and Spoils of War. Um, it's going to be awesome. No one, the lists are already due, so I already turned in my list. I didn't have a captain and have a teammate, so I don't know what they want me to bring, but they should just be thankful. Whoever's on my team should thank their lucky stars that they have the Empire on their team because, you know, Empire is. Always wanted on teams tournaments, so I'm happy to fulfill that role. Glorious Empire. You know, the bend don't break, the fight you with attrition, the, as long as you don't deploy bad, you can pretty much handle anybody. Um, so let's see what I got. Uh, I've also been, I know it's blasphemous, blasphemy, blasphemy. So I tried AOS and the game is boring as shit. I can't do it. I'm not going to spend money on on uh, any more AOS stuff, because I played a couple games, they're okay, but it's just so, I mean, it's like, I don't know what happened to Games Workshop, man. Games Workshop used to be like the ninth age, but now their games are like, just like, simple, just, I don't know, it's too bland, it's not really me, um, so I'm not doing that. I I really like historical war gaming, as you guys know, so I've um, cheated and Ordered a bunch of uh, painted six millimeter guys for the American Civil War and for uh, Seven Years of War. I also ordered a bunch of uh, six millimeter shit for me to paint up. I've painted six millimeter before. I like the way it looks on the table because it gives you that whole mass battle effect. Like you can you can play army level games in six millimeter, whereas like with twenty eight millimeters, you're playing like you know brigade level or something like that. Um, so I liked. Uh, I decided to uh, to do that. Um, what list am I bringing? What list am I bringing to, uh, to this? I'm bringing, is this the one I'm bringing? Yeah, this is the one I'm bringing. So I've got a wizard master, pyromancy, got light armor with alchemist alloy and a magical heirloom. Um, then I've got 
the general who's a marshal with a great weapon, blessed inscriptions, and imperial seal, and the rod of battle. And I'm bringing a battle standard bearer with death warrant and basalt infusion. In my core, I've got uh, 39 heavy infantry with halberd, standard bearer with banner of discipline, musician, and champion. Then I've got, um, he's going to, the battle standard bearer is going to go with him. Then I've got 18 light infantry with crossbow, standard bearer, musician, champion. I've got 18 light infantry with handguns, standard bearer, musician, champion. And I know before I was like, always bring handguns. What the hell are you bringing crossbows for? But, I mean, you know, as... As the ladies out there will attest, I mean, an extra six inches does make a big difference. Um, and I got two units of 10 state militia. I know I used to hate militia, but let's face it. I mean, they they shoot good. They can fight in terrain. I need them to clear out those light troop darts and that, you know, they just kind of be like the blunt. You know what I mean? Like, they're my sacrificial lambs. Like, some big nasty motherfuckers coming at me. I'm going to throw them out there, shoot them a little bit. Let him get annihilated, then counterattack him with something, I guess. Then I've got my uh, 29 Imperial Guard. Great weapons with the household standard, uh, musician and champion. Then I've got a controversial choice of taking uh, two units of three Knights of the Sun Griffin with uh, standard bearer, musician, and champions. They're not big. They're just, I don't know, they're just the hit stuff. You know what I mean? They're the hit stuff. Because I'm, I'm really... I like my Imperial Guard and my Halberdiers do a lot of work. But, you know, Knights of the Sun Griffin floating around there. They're a little bit faster. Gives me a little bit of speed. And um, they can hit stuff. You know, they can hit stuff. They can grind some stuff. You know, they're not all powerful. But, you know, why not, right? I like to have a little, little something that's quicker that can, you know, do some chip damage or whatever. Then I'm bringing a cannon. I'm bringing a steam tank. And I'm bringing 24 flagellants with a cannon. So it's a pretty basic, pretty simple list. I don't have any cowboys. Um, I'm just keeping it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? Get a, uh, get the pyro wizard master. Uh, two infantry blocks. Two big blocks. Well, imperial guard's not as big as I wanted. But um, I just thought... If I'm going to take Knights of the Sun Griffin, I'm taking two units of three. I didn't want to take one unit of four. I didn't want to take one unit of six. I needed two of them just because, uh, you know, they can combo attack somebody. They can, uh, if they're working together, they can, they're, you know, a demon, charge the demon. You know what I mean? It, they're just like a faster unit, which I need them. They're kind of like chaff, I guess, but they're like harder hitting chaff. I need them to uh, allow my other shit to get the job done. Um, steam tank and the flagellants are money. They're butter. They're butter. Yeah, they're money. Um, you know, they don't run away. They don't panic. You can put them anywhere. They're going to last for several turns. They might kill stuff too. Um, that's good. I mean, my experience with the, with the Empire is, and this is my experience. I'm not, I'm not you know, experienced player yet. My experience in the Imperial Guard is you don't get to pick your matchups. I don't give a shit. You don't get to pick them. Maybe now that I'm bringing Knights of the Sun Griffin and I got the militia, maybe I'll have a better chance of picking some matchups. But basically, you're going you're gonna to fight where you deploy at initially. 
if you're fighting against an aggressive, fast army, and they are going to hit you hard. And they and here's the thing: you're not going to win the initial encounter. If they want to turn your flank, they're going to fucking hit that fucker. So you have to deploy concentrated, and you gotta you just gotta weather the storm. You know, you gotta take your beating. You gotta do like the Muhammad Ali. You know, let them beat on you for a while, and then just you know. Once you get a handle on things, you know, take him out. You know, you got a rope-a-dope. That's what it is. Muhammad Ali, look it up. The rope-a-dope. You got a rope-a-dope with the Empire, man. You got a rope-a-dope. Um, I don't like um, the all-cavalry Empire list. I don't want to bring a dragon. It's three points. It's not going to do enough damage. I just, I think the Empire is a work of art in that it's, you got to use everything you know it's a bunch of moving parts and they all work together and they all provide support for each other individually they're not great but you know formed up together with all the support units and the, and the different rules and shit i mean in the orders they can be really good um so yeah sorry that's my empire list I really need to study up on the uh, deployments and the secondaries um, just so I know what they're going on. But once again, that's what's cool about the Friday singles event. Friday singles events kind of like get the rust off, blow the rust off the dice, you know. Probably lost for the first two rounds and the third round will start coming up together. And then I'll be ready to go for the team event. Be ready to go for the team tourney. Ready to, you know, kick some ass there. Um, let's see. So a lot of people are just coming up to the team tournament. They're not doing the singles, so I think that might give me an advantage. You know what I mean? Playing three games. So basically I'm going to get uh, eight games in between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm taking Monday off work. So um, I'm thinking that's going to be – that's going to be – I'm going to get a healthy dose of the old ninth age. Gonna get a healthy dose of deal ninth age. But you know, I'm looking forward to it. An army's fully painted. Um, not that that's required, but you know, it's fully painted. I've played with it or variations of it a bunch, so not a bunch, but I mean when I've played ninth age, I've played with a variation of this, so it's not like I'm going in there with something brand new that I've never used before. But I'm excited, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um I was uh, driving. I was on call last night. I had to drive like two hours to go do this water main break thing in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. And so I was listening to my podcast episodes, just, you know, listening to myself just because, you know, I'm a narcissist. And I was listening to the Craig Johnson interview, and he gave some great, 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 great advice for uh, for tournaments and for competition gaming in general. Just great advice. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would listen to it because there's quite a bit of cool stuff in there. Um, you know, Craig talks about list design, talks about his thoughts on magic, talks about his thoughts on how he wins games, um, talks about like how he counts on the dice swinging in his favor at some points. He gives himself chances um, to win. He's not super analytical. Kind of plays by the hip, but he kind of there's a method to his madness that he goes into kind of some good detail on, so that's good. Um, 
Yeah, but the ETC, the ETC was a blast. Looked like it was fun by all. Um, everybody did well. Everybody did great. Um, I was kind of disappointed. I was rooting for Team Scotland. I'm not going to lie. kind of hoping they would win the whole thing. But, you know, they had hard fought. Um, but you know what? Matt Paris beat Scrubs or Scrubs or whatever he is. The top, one of the top players in the world. Matt Paris beat his ass. Yes. But, and, and when I heard that, I was like, yeah, because I'm picking this guy to go 5-0 and to win everything. You know, I'm picking him to win every game. And, uh, and then he beats the top player in the world, right? I'm thinking, oh yeah, this shit's on it. But then life happens, dice happen, things happen. It was the past, but I hopefully hopefully he goes back next year. Hopefully he goes back next year and uh he's like my team, Matt Paris is my team. Hopefully he goes back next year and uh and um uh, and avenges himself. Um but yeah, no, all those guys had a great time, it looks like. Um there was controversy between uh Poland and Spain at the end. I'm not gonna comment on it. I have my own thoughts on it, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? I mean, I don't cheat personally, but I don't see what the big deal is of, uh, you know, communicating with your captain or something. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the big deal is. But apparently it is a big deal. But I don't know what it is, but apparently it's a big deal. Um, what else we got here? So, yeah. So, that's pretty much what's going on. So, um, interviews. I know I had a bunch lined up, but I have not had time to do any. Um, this is the first day that I've had time since my last podcast to actually, since I started back to work, that I've actually had a day off during the week, during the weekday. Um, you know, when I injured my shoulder and my bicep and everything, and I had surgery, and I was off for those eight weeks. Man, that time just flew by. The time just flew by. Um, but it was glorious, man. It was glorious. I love sitting around doing nothing. It's my favorite thing to do. God, I love it. Maybe because I'm 51 now. Like, that's my favorite thing, man. Put me in a comfy chair. Give me a cup of coffee. Give me a drink. Put me in front of a TV or let me sit with my laptop and mess around. That's, I mean, heaven. That's heaven. You know what I mean? Um used to be like bar hopping, go to sport events, go to this, go to that, rah, rah, rah. Nah, not anymore. Now I'm a lazy bastard. And that's why I hate my job. Because, you know, they make you work. They make you work. Like, I'm constantly working. It's like, ah, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I've thought about getting, like, a less paying job that's super easy. Just so, you know, a brainless job. Just going to enjoy my life. But I don't want to take the money hit, really. It's my problem. I don't want to take the money hit. But I'll probably be like 70 and be like, why didn't you take the money hit, you dumbass? Why didn't you take the money hit? But whatever. I think with this job, with this money, I can – I got to pay the bills. got enough to do the add-ons to the house I want to do. We can – I can buy all the armies. I can buy a lot of shit painted instead of having to paint it. Um, so, yeah, it's serving a purpose. I always think about that in the back of my head. I'm like, God, this job sucks. God, this job sucks. I'm walking in the snow. I'm walking in the heat. I'm working in the rain. You know, what the fuck am I doing? Um, 
then in the back of my head, I'm like, well, you know, you wouldn't have been able to buy that painted Seven Years War Austrian Army. You wouldn't have been able to bought that, you know, painted American Civil War Confederate Army. I mean, you wouldn't have, you know, just wouldn't be able to do stuff. So that's the uh, benefit. I made, I made a, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Portable War Game by uh, Bob Cordery. The Portable War Game, if you haven't, looked it up. It's like, it's a grid-based war game. You use any figures you want to. But basically, like, your infantry has a strength point value of four. Cavalry is three. Like, artillery is two. And they have different ranges they can shoot, different ranges they can move. And you roll dice. Um, you roll a die to see if you hit. You roll a die to see if you um, see what the result of the combat is after you hit. That kind of thing. But I broke out my 20-millimeter, um, 172nd scale, uh, like, they're made by IMAX, but they're actually copies of the Airfix American Civil War stuff that, like, Featherstone used to use and stuff. And uh, so I broke out those, and I made two armies, and I played with my my uh, 8-year-old, soon-to-be 9-year-old. And he loved this game, dude. He loved it. He wants to play it every night. And the first game I let him win, right? first game I let him win. But the second game I was going to, like, win because I was guilt-free. I was like, all right, I can beat his ass guilt-free. The fucker won again. He can't roll below a six. I want him to roll for me at tournaments because, I mean, this my oldest son rolls like shit. My youngest son rolls great. I mean, he's got a future. He's got a future with that dice rolling ability he's got. My God. Um, uh, but when I made the board, man, I... I use particle board and two by fours, and I made it really sturdy, but it's heavier than shit. It's super heavy. Um, I I wood glued on little four inch squares over top, and I spray painted it all. Then I have extra squares, which some are blue to make rivers, some are gray for bridges and buildings, some are green for woods, some are brown for hills, so I can like change the battlefield. My the basic size for the grid war game was eight by eight you can do like 12 by 12 you know my fucked up engineering ability i ended up with a board that's 10 by 11 but you know what it's still it's still pretty cool still put a lot of units on there you have about nine or ten units aside and make a really good game with it um we were playing four infantry one cavalry one artillery and one general aside that's how we usually been playing me and harry But that's all. Um, on my free time coming up, I'm going to set up a Beyblade uh, thing at the local library. Talk to them around their room. So my kid loves Beyblades. And a bunch of his friends love Beyblades. So I'm going to get them all there. Divide them up into Beyblade clubs. They're going to have like just battles once a week or something. I think that'll be fun for him. He's been practicing his launches. And he's been building different Beyblades. And like trying to find his perfect Beyblade for tournaments. So he's all super hyped about it. We're going to do that in January. Um, but yeah. So anyway, on tournaments, here's what, here's what I'm worried about, man, is I'm worried about like, like my army. I'm just worried. Like I'm not going to be able to like, I just don't know if it hits hard enough. Like, 
I have faith in my Imperial Guard to kick the shit out of somebody for one turn, right? But it's not big enough to grind. The heavy infantry are not going to kick the shit out of anybody in my experience, but they're good enough to... I mean, if it's a smaller enemy unit, they can beat them. If it's like if it's 10 warriors, I think they can take them. You know, if it's equal number of Asklanders, they're going to lose. Um, it's all going to come down, man. The shooting's got to come through for me. The shooting's got to come through. Like, I got 36 crossbowmen and handgunners. I got 20 state militia that shoot. I got the cannon. I got the artillery. And I got my magic, right? I just need to make sure that that I can get at least two rounds of shooting off before shit hits a fan. You know what I mean? And um, and it hit the targets they're supposed to hit. I really wish, like, I honestly think between me and you that I should not have taken any Knights of the Sun Griffin. I should have brought riders, like the machine gun riders. And then with the other 335 points, I could have maybe picked up another 24 flagellants. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or make my Imperial Guard bigger. Add a uh, unit of... Uh, you know, for that price, I could have brought... Made my Imperial Guard bigger and brought a unit of Knights. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I like Pyromancy a lot, though. I've done lists with like double wizards, like two adepts. I've done lists with a master and adept. But magic, I'm telling you, man, it's like I know it's important. I know it's great, but I have never like really like I've never got my points back out of magic, man. I just haven't got it. It's just for whatever reason. And yeah, I sh yeah, I could have took lightning van braces to give him a hand of heaven too. But I mean, hell, he's got the magical heirloom, and he's got a. So I can take, like, the number one Cosmo or number one Div spell. So I don't know. I don't know. I I probably should have taken, here's me second-guessing myself, but I probably should have went, like, with Div, a Div Master, and gave me Heirloom so he have Fireball. Or maybe I should have taken, um, I don't know. Like, maybe I should have lost a unit of Sun Griffin and took, like, another wizard, like a, like, had the Pyro being adept and took a wizard master on Div. I don't know. I'm going to shoot myself. But anyway, I'm happy with this army. It's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 11 units. It's 11 units. It's pretty good. Just going to line up. Shoot the living fuck out of people. Shoot as much as I can. And then um, hopefully finish them off with the uh, combat guys. Um, Steam tank is awesome. But it's kind of a liability too. In the way that like people will tie that thing down. They will throw big blobs of shit at it. Just to make sure it doesn't do anything all game. Um, and it is not invulnerable. Like... My steam tank has taken a lot of wounds over the course of different games. I don't think I've ever lost it, though. Not yet. But, I mean, think about that. Like, steam tank, 500 points. 
two units of Knights of Sungriff, and that's 670 points. So for 1,170 points, I am sure that I could have, I could get some really cool shit in exchange for the team taking the two Knights of Sungriff. But the problem is, like, at this tournament, I'll probably be going against smaller elite armies. I'll be going against mass armies. So I need the tank. I need the Knights of the Sun Gripen. I just need them. So I'm not second guessing myself anymore. A little insight into my brain. No, we're not second guessing. We're going forward. We're going forward full power. Um, so what tournaments are you guys going to go to in the future? What tournaments are you looking forward to? Um, what's on the agenda, ninth age wise, for you guys? Um, yeah, some people say they go to like six or seven or eight tournaments a year. I guess that's easier to do in Europe, right? Because you're closer together. But, I mean, that'd be hard to do in America. I mean, you have to be like independently wealthy and single and I don't know. There's a lot. Like, I think I think the uh, biggest enemy my empire army has is my wife. <laughs> I think that's pretty much the truth in that matter. Um, but, you know, it looks cool. So we're doing it. But anyway, so Brad's going to a tournament. I'll give you a full update of what happens when I come back from it. And uh, and we'll do that. In a minute, we will... Uh, I'm going to break because you know how these things are. I'm always kind of rusty when I get going back again. But I'm going to break for a second and I'll come back with something cool. All right, so back as promised. Um, let's go over, let's do a book review, shall we? We'll do it on the whim. This how little I look forward to cleaning this house. So we'll do a book review. Um, I'll try to keep it under an hour. And let's look at, um, an army that isn't used very often. I know Casimir the Swede has used this army in the past and is a fan of it. I don't know who else has used it, but Undying Dynasties is kind of like an undead empire list to me. That's what I look, that's what I think of it as, but I've never really gone through the book. Um, but let's look at Undying Dynasties. Uh, Quigley? Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. I don't care if you guys don't want to hear Undying Dynasties. This is what I'm doing. Ranger. Hey, you guys need to knock it off. Sorry about that, folks. Undying Dynasties. Book, uh, I guess the main book came out. The full edition came out in March of 24th, 2022. Army specific rules. Resurrected. Some unit profiles contain the additional characteristic resurrected. Shortened RSR, which determines the number of health points raised with death is only the beginning. And that's their hereditary attribute spell. Army model rules. Universal rules. Autonomous. Units, undead units consist entirely of models, but autonomous may perform march moves as normal, even when outside the range of friendly models commanding presence. The unit must still pass the discipline test in order to do so if within 8 inches of non-fleeing enemy troops. So that's kind of cool. You can still march. Just pass your discipline test. It's probably easier said than done. And you can still march even if you're within 8 inches of enemy troops. So that gives a little bit of speed. Um, dust to dust. At the end of, phase, the end of any phase in which the hero fit was removed as a casualty, 
Every unit in the Army with dust to dust must pass this one test or lose the number of health points equal to the amount by which um, the test was failed. With no saves of any kind allowed. The number of health points lost reduced by one if the unit is within range of rally around the flag. Um, at the end of the player turn in which the re hierophant was removed as a casualty, a new hierophant must be selected. In order to do so, nominate a friendly wizard character. This character becomes the new hierophant. At the start of each... You know what? So... I mean, yeah, you'll lose. You have potential to lose a substantial amount of stuff, but I think the main problem with losing your hair fit is losing, like, your magic and shit, maybe. But, I don't know. Doesn't seem like that deadly a deal, really. I mean, it sucks, but it's not like it's not like your whole army's going to flee off the table if you lose your uh, the dude magically holding them together. Which, so I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think it'd be nastier if they would like if you lose your hair fit, you lose the number of health points. Um but you take you take your discipline test, however you lost, and multiply that by two. That would be cool. I think that would be a cool rule. Um and I like the I wanna play this army. And I think that'd be a cool rule. So I mean you know what? It'd make your ass cheeks pucker whenever uh Make your asshole pucker whenever uh, your hair fit was in danger. Tell you that much. Um, in sold statue, the model gains undead and dust to dust. If more than half the models in the unit have in sold statue, reduce the number of health points lost by this unit due to dust to dust and unstable by one. Hair fit, the guy we're talking about. He's one of a kind, undiagnosed army leader. Must include a single model with with hair fit. When Herofit cast Death's Only Beginning as a non-bound spell, you may choose to set the spell range to 18 inches instead of the spell's normal target restrictions. So, Herofit's pretty cool. You can uh, raise the dead from 18 inches away. That's pretty cool. I know that's got to be a pain in the ass. Like, um, in that interview Craig was talking, he hates fighting against vampires because he said his, his style of play re revolves around chip damage. And, I mean... Chip damage doesn't really work against the undead because take two or three wounds, hell, they can just raise them right back. You know, with zombies and with ghouls and with shit like that, with skeletons. I mean, you you gotta you gotta be in there and you gotta beat on them for a couple turns and just kill the unit off. That's what you gotta do, or else those keep coming back. Um, underground ambush. They follow the rules for ambush with the following exception. Instead of entering the battlefield from a board edge, choose an arriving unit with underground ambush. Place the unit anywhere on the battlefield in legal formation more than one inch from other units in passable terrain on the board edge. Roll D6. If five or six is rolled, the unit arrives where it was initially placed. If one to four is rolled, move the unit without changing the direction it's facing 2D6 in a randomly chosen direction. If this would bring the unit within one inch of another unit or past train of the board edge, unit stops one inch short of them. Unit must may then perform a pivot and must follow the unit spacing rules after the pivot. And nothing none of these maneuvers present the unit prevent the unit from uh moving following the rules for ambush otherwise.
repeat all these steps above, repeat the three steps for each uh, underground ambush. So underground ambush looks really cool. I think it looks really cool. How do you how do you defend against underground ambush? I mean, how do you deploy against that? I guess just I mean if someone's foolish enough to deploy all spread out, which you shouldn't really do in this game, but if they do, and you get the underground ambush on them, they'd be effective. It's gonna be good against like Sylvan Elves or you know, units a lot of shooting, it's gonna be fun. Um Undying Will. Units with one or more models with Undying Will gain plus two offensive skill, plus two defensive skill, lethal strike, and replace their shooting weapons aim with four plus. Characters, beasts, models within soul statue, and model parts with harness are not affected by Undying Will. Alright, good to go. The armory, here's here's something I really like, because uh Mantic Games for their Empire of Dust Army makes these uh like giant skeleton dudes with big bows. And that's what I think about this is like um, the Great Aspen Bow, 36-inch range, one-shot, strength 5, AP 2, volley fire. This weapon always hits on a roll equal to or greater than its aim. So cover, doesn't matter. Moved, doesn't matter. Then it's got its little brother, the Aspen Bow. It's only uh, strength 3, AP 0. Both have my volley fire. But the good news is, I mean... They're undead, so they don't care about cover. They don't care about any of that other bullshit. They they hit you. So, I mean, this army potentially, let's, when we get down the list, could have really, really good shooting. Special attacks. The Mummy's Curse. When the model with Mummy's Curse is removed as a casualty, it immediately inflicts one hit with strength six and patient ten on the model that caused the final health point loss. This is considered a ranged attack. More than one model was part of the action which brought the downfall of the model with Mummy's Curse. Randomize which of those models suffers the hit. The hereditary spell is death zone in the beginning. Um, the casting value of the amplified version is increased by two. The amplified version is not success is successfully cast. Is automatically cast as the attribute spell. So I guess you have to cast it twice. Cast it officially first time. You have to cast it again. Um. Special items. Won't go through all. We'll look at some of the cool ones. God Slayer. It's a great weapon. 75 points. The wielder gains plus one attack. Attacks with this weapon become divine attacks, magical attacks, and gain multiple wounds. Two against Aegis. Note the latter also applies its models of Aegis saves with conditional application. So be good against, like, you know. Kingdom of Equitain. All those guys running around with the little blessings. God Slayer says, huh? Multiple wounds too, fuckers. Um, Scourge of Kings. Um, it's a hand weapon or a paired weapon enchantment. Um, wielder's attack value is set to six. And they become magical attacks. And when fighting a duel, must reroll fail wound rolls. 35 points. 35 points, in my opinion, that's a fucking bargain. It's a fucking bargain. I'd rather have that than Hero's Heart. You know, when Hero's Heart's like 50 points. Um, Look at this shield. Sun's Embrace. Only 35 points. The bear gains distracting while using this shield. 
Um, Book of the Dead. The Barricade cast. Death is only the beginning. There's a balance spell with power level 4-8. And the following modifications. Spell range is changed to a 12-inch aura. That is pretty nice. So I guess if you're in between two units, I guess cast death at the beginning. It's an aura spell. It'll affect both the units. That's only 45 points, everybody. I mean, are you guys not getting a hard on? I mean, and women, are you guys not getting all turned on by these uh, Undying Dynasties guys yet? I'm getting turned on by them. I'm liking them. I'm liking the weapons. I like the ambush. I like the shooting. I haven't got to the units yet, so hopefully that's not a big letdown. Um, Sandstorm, the Sandstorm Cloak, 35 points. The Bear Gains Fly, 515, Light Troops, and Swift Stride. And can perform a sweeping attack that causes 2d6 hits with Strength 2 and Armitation 1. I mean, to me, that's great on, like, an undead dying cowboy, right? Sweeping attack. There you go. Um, let's do one more. This looks really expensive. 135 points. Um, the Sacred Hourglass. The bear may roll, may re-roll failed casting attempts that are rolled using two magic dice by re-rolling both dice. I mean, is it worth 135 points? Probably not. Probably not. And you got the Monarchs of the Undead. You can be the commander of the Terracotta Army, which gives your skeletons a bunch of shit. Or you can be the uh, Lord of the Barrel Legion, which um, basically like Terracotta Army. Um, you'd accomplish guard to get him for like six points a model. Um, basically, a terracotta army everybody gets plus one resilience and minus one agility and the sold statue special rule. And it, Changes the cost on everything for a little bit. Um, Lord of the Barrow region. Skeleton archers must take heavy armor. Skeletons must take heavy armor. Um, skeleton cavalry can take lances. Um, models of tower and presence in a large cavalry may not be taken in the army. Models of undergears. With underground ambush, inner scout lose that model, lose these model rules, cannot gain them in any way. So, and non-flying models with heavy armor lose light troops. So I guess the Lord of the Barrow region just gives you like, you lose your ambush, you lose a lot. I don't, I don't know. You get heavy armor, you get skeletons and lances. I don't, I don't know. Neither one of these two things really is a big turn on for me. I don't know. I guess if I had to choose, looking at this, I would say Terracotta Army would be the way I would go. But, you know, without having looked at the rest of the list, I can't really say it. Characters, standard max 40%. You got your Pharaoh for 235 points. He's got Advance 4, March 8, Discipline 9. He's got 4 hit points. He's a Resurrect Value of 1. Uh, defense 6, Resilience 5. He's got 4 attacks, Offense 6, Strength 5. He's got Dust to Dust, Fear, Causes Fear, Fearless, Undead, Undying Will. 
He's flammable, light armor. Of course he's flammable. He's wrapped in toilet paper. And he's got the uh, mummy's curse. So this guy could be tooled up. Like if you took some of those special items we talked about earlier, like you gave him the, uh, I don't know, Scourge of Kings to give him six attacks. Um, you give him, I don't know, the Standstorm Cloak, let him fly. I don't know, turn him into, I mean, I, there's nothing saying you can't take two pharaohs, right? So take one pharaoh as your, as your general and take another pharaoh just to ride around and beat the shit out of people. Um, he could be on a horse. He could be on a chariot. He could be on a Shaw Guardian. Um, he could become the commander of the Terracotta Army or Lord of the Barrel Legion. He could have a halberd, a paired weapon, a lance, a great weapon, a shield. He can take a great aspen bow, which I would always take with this guy. Um, because once again, why why would you limit yourself in the shooting phase to not have an extra uh, chance to do a wound on somebody? I mean, just do it. Then you got a no mark. Um, advanced four, movement eight, three hit points. Defense four, res five again. Discipline nine. Only two attacks. Offense four, strength four. All the same rules as the, uh, as the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the pharaoh. You can take a skeleton horse, chariot, take a shaw guardian. Um, you can take up to 100 points special items. He can take an aspen bow, not a great aspen bow. You can take all the same usual weapons. Um, I wonder who's going to be the battle center bear. She's not really a battle center bear. I don't, I, I don't like the only two attacks personally. I 135 points. I'd rather just go with the Pharaoh. Do you got a tomb harbinger? He can be the battle standard bear. He's got movement four, march eight, three hit points, defense four, res five, three attacks, offense four, strength four. He's got a lethal strike, poison attacks, and guardian's wrath. He's also got Royal Guard. So the amount of cards is a record file model for the purpose fund I will. If in the same unit as a Pharaoh or a Nomarch, unless otherwise, unless another model does so first, the term her you must issue a duel. A tar tomb harbinger must accept a duel. Alright. And Guardian's Wrath. Close combat model parts without harness in the model units. And the models unit gain battle focus. So, I mean, basically, he gets death warrant for free. Um, and he gets lethal strike. And he gets poison attacks. He's got low agility, but he's got res 5. I mean, that's that's a hell of a battle standard bear. Honestly, that's it's really good. And we got a tomb architect. Um, light on. He's got all the usual stuff: dust, dust, fearless, master stone, and dead master stone. Um, right before the battle, during step seven of the deployment sequence phase, at the start of each friendly player turn, choose a friendly unit consisting entirely of models with a soul statue with eighteen inch tomb architect. This unit gains a fortitude five plus save until the start of your next player's turn. That's fucking cool. 
That's cool. Um, but he only has two attacks. He's only res four. Um, he have paired weapon or a lance. Take 100 points of special items. He can ride a horse. He can ride a moot. He can take a skeleton chariot. Uh, here's your death cult hierarch. He can be a hierophant. Just one attack. But he can take an arc of ages. He can take a skeleton horse. He can be a wizard adept and wizard master. He can take cosmology. He can take divination. He can take evocation. I don't know. Divination seems like it'd be right up this army's alley, personally. Um, see, I really do. I think I was right on. I think these guys are a different take. They are like the Undead Empire. Um, soul Conduit. If the model is present on the battlefield at the start of a magic phase, you don't draw a flex card. Instead, apply the following. Five magic dice to both players. Four plus D3 Veil tokens. Active player. Okay. So he can take that soul conduit for only 20 points, which I would take. He can be a Hierophant for 35 points. He can take up to 200 points of special items. If he's a wizard master. If he's just a wizard adept, he can be a Hierophant for 15 points. And he can take special items for up to 100 points. And he has light armor. So you could take run this guy one of two ways. You could run him as a wizard master. A little bit more points. Have him more tooled up. Or if you just want a cheap hairfin, just run him as an adept. Um, the Casket of Fatep. Channel 1. Divine Light. Dusted Us. Fearless. Not a Leader. Fatep's Curse. Undead. War Machine. It's got 5 hit points. Res 4. Ages 5 plus. Light Armor. It's got 3 attacks. The, the Necropolis guards have three attacks. Let's see. It's a single model, though. What's it do? Divine Light. Enemy wizards within 36 inches of one or more casts set from minus one to their casting values. When a casket of Fatep is removed as a callus, all units within 12 inches suffer 3d3 three three plus 3 strength 1 and interpretation 10 hits. Fatep's Curse, unless this model made advance move or march move during the current player turn, it can cast the following balance spell of power level 6-6. Six, six. It's Hex, 36 inches, instant. The target must take a discipline test or an additional D6. If failed, the target suffers a number of hits equal to the amount by which the test was failed. Hits are resolved with arbitration 10 and wound automatically. That's fucking nasty. God, that's nasty. You put that on like a demon or something and make him roll 3d6 for a leadership test. That's for a dragon or some heavy hitting thing or. Yeah, you know what? I never looked at the casket of Fatep before, but that thing's pretty badass. Um, I mean, it does come with a downside. I mean, if. If it dies to like shooting or something, it's going to be a bad day, but it's got it's got a ages five. It's got light armor. It's channel one. I mean, 205 points. Am I crazy? 205 points. Casting a Fatep seems like it's almost like a must-have. And the character mount, skeleton horse. 
skeleton chariot, the Amut. I don't know what Amut is. It's on a uh, large cavalry base. It's got three attacks, strength five, AP two, poison, poison attacks, and sold statue fear. Kind of like your great griffin. Kind of like your griffins, I guess. Uh, the Ark of Ages. Five hit points, resilience five, ages five plus. It's got two guards, um, bound spirits, get two attacks. It's got D6 um, impact hits. Special rules are uh, Sacred Arc and Well of Souls. It's also a war platform, so... Sacred Arc. Friendly wizards add six inches to the range of their non-bound spells for each Arc of Ages there within 12 inches of. Spell types of aura only gain plus three-inch range. Well, souls. One use only. Maybe activate the start of your magic phase until the start of your next player turn. Whenever either player would draw a flux card, they draw the Well of Souls flux card instead. If either player doesn't draw a flux card, that player ignores its effect. Well of Swords. Well of Souls. Flux card. Both players draw five magic dice. The active player draws five veil tokens. When making a casting roll with three or more magic dice, all doubles count as triples. Note that a caster can suffer multiple miscast effects from a single casting roll. However, no miscast effect can be applied more than once. All right, not taking that. Not fucking taking that. Nope. Not taking it. Not taking that. That's got too big of a downside for me. Fuck that. Nope, not taking that. Um, Shaw Guardian. It's in Soul Statue. Move 612. 7 hit points. 5 defense. 6 res. It's got 4 attacks. String 5 AP2. When the model suffers a wound from attack with multiple wounds, half... The multiple wounds rounding fractions up. All right. Um, mm, eh, I don't know. I'd rather spend my uh, menage, my menagerie points on other shit than the Shaw Guardian. Um. So far, we like the casket, or I like the casket of Fatep. I like Death Cold Hierarch. I like Tomb Architect. I like Tomb Harbinger. I like all their characters so far. I don't think I'd probably use an Omark, but I like all their characters. You got really good characters, right? Really good characters. Um, they're not like vampire type, super killy, but they're just like, I feel like they're going to provide good synergy for the rest of the army. They're not super expensive, but they seem like they can all do. I mean, I I feel comfortable running this army. I got a horde of uh, skeletons downstairs I can put together to start this army. You know. Now we're to the core. Minimum twenty five percent. Skeletons you get one hundred forty five points. You get twenty of them, plus seven points for extra model. You can up to sixty. They got Dust to Dust, Fearless and Scoring. They come with Light Armor and Shield. They got one hit point, Res 3, Defense 2, Offense 2, Strength 3. Um, you can give them Spears. Um, they can get uh, Champions, Musicians, Standard Bears, Banner Enchantment, No Limit. I mean, 
why wouldn't you take a shitload of these guys? I don't know. Um, but honestly, honestly, I, I might do it a different way. I might just take a shitload of skeleton archers because they're going to fight the same in hand-to-hand as the normal skeletons, right? They fight the same, but you just get to shoot as well, right? Um, yeah, so 115 points for 10 models, 10 points for each additional 30 models. For, I mean, for 30, up to 30 models. So 2,200, 315 points gives you 30 skeleton archers. And they got volley fire, the Aspen bow, whereas, uh, 70, 215, 240. Well, so like, I don't know, 50 or 60 points cheaper you get. 30 spear. It all depends on what you want to do. Um, skeleton cavalry, 160 points for 10 models, plus 11 points per extra model. Um, Dusted us field score and they do have Vanguard. They move 816. Um, they're offense 3. They come with light lance also. They're harnessed. They have a champion, a balustrader, a bear. And depending on if you take, you know, what was it, uh, the Borrow King, you can give them, like, uh, I guess they get heavy armor and they get lances, I guess. I don't know. But like I said, I don't like that Borrow King stuff that much. Um, skeleton Cavalry. Uh, we got Skeleton Scouts, 145 points for five of them. Nine points for extra model. They get Vanguard. They get Scout. They get Light Troops. Um... They're also mounted. So they move 816. They got Aspen bows. Hit you on a 5 plus. And they're mounted on skeleton horses. That's not a bad price, honestly. I mean, you always got to bring some scouts, right? Um, skeleton chariots. 265 points for three of them. Have the seven models in the unit. 74 points per extra model. Um, 810 movement. Three hit points, res four. Uh, the charioteers get two attacks. The skeleton horse gets one attack. And the chariot gets uh, D3 plus one impact hits. Special rules, bound in death. Rank of file models unit must be fewer than three before hits can be distributed on the characters with the same type and height as this unit. Chariot host, if the model parts unit has at least one full rank and there is a model in the rank directly behind it in the same file, it's him put its impact hits cause an additional hit. Normally D three plus two instead of D three plus one. Um Optional model rules. They can become legionary charioteers for sixteen points a model. And um they lose light troops and gain scoring. And they gain devastating charge, uh, plus one strength, fight next to rank. So depending on what what you want to do, if you just want them to be like the ancient Egyptians, you keep them light troops. You want them to be like the Hittites, you'd probably run them as a uh, legionary legion charioteers. It all depends. But I think I mean you got to bring chariots. It's an undead army fighting in the Middle East. This is like. Take off of ancient history. You gotta have some chariots, right? At least one unit, I would think. 
Goddamn, I haven't done this for a long time, so I'm losing my voice. My throat hurts now. Um, see the sacrifice they make for you bastards? Um, special. Necropolis Guard, 185 points, 15 models. Plus 15 points for extra model, up to 40 models. Uh, move for March 8. Uh, discipline 8. One attack. Offense 3, strength 4. They have lethal strike, magic attacks, poison attacks. They can have shields. You can bring um, paired weapons for two, four points a model or halberds for two points a model. You can have a champion position standard bear. Um, their bodyguard, too. So I guess you can put the pharaoh in there if you wanted to. Then you got the unit everyone talks about, uh, tomb cataphracts. Oh, they're all... They are also scoring the Necropolis card. Two cracks are scoring. Seven fourteen movement. I don't like the Worm Rider look though, man. Like I want some, I want some like big giant fucking skeleton horses with some heavily armored dudes on it. But it doesn't really fit what they are. But that's what I like. Um, they got three hit points each. Defense four, res four. The Rider has two attacks: offense four, strength four, AP one, lethal strike with halberds. The Amut. That they ride have three attacks, strength five, AP two, um, poison attacks. They can have, oh, you fucking shitting me. You can put tomb cataphracts in underground ambush. <laughs> now that's some shit I would want to do. Um, champion, musician, standard bear. Well, I didn't know you could do underground ambush with tomb cataphracts. That's something. Then you got your uh, Shabtis. Shab Shabtis, 200 points for three models, 78 points for each extra additional model. You have five units in the army. Move 612. They're statues. They're fear, fearless, scoring, light armor. They got three attacks each, strength 5 AP2. You can give them paired weapons at 14 points a model or halberds at 15 points a model. They can have a champion, musician, standard bear, no limit. It's only res 4, though. Got your great vultures, got your scarab swarms. Scarab swarms can do the underground ambush. Um, great vultures are just they're okay. They're hard targets. 150 points for three models. So they're not a bad depends on what you're using for. Um scarab swarms, 120 points for two models, 44 points for each additional model to six. There's another, they're another uh Light troop, just like your great vultures, light troops. These are skirmishers, also. They're distracting and hard target. Um, the model can make a number of supporting attacks equal to its attack value. So, Scarab Swarm has five attacks, right? And they're poison attacks. You can underground ambush them as well. Oh, I mean, I like vultures and Scarab Swarms, but I don't know if I'd have the fucking points for them because I mean, I'd probably use those, uh, Skeleton Scouts is my light shit. I'm just saying, probably. It's because they could shoot, too. Then you got your Ancient Ordnance. Here's those Shabbaty Orchards. I was talking about Mantic Games makes them. 180 points for three models. 93 points each additional model. They got the Great Aspen Bows. Um, res 4, three hit points, three attacks, strength 5 AP1, but when they shoot that Aspen bow, it's like a strength 5 bow, right? With a 36-inch range. And they're volley fire. So, let's see. 
Then you got Stan Stalkers. They're underground ambush. They have the pitch. They have uh, three hit points. Move seven fourteen. They're in social stone and sold stone. Fear fearless light troops. Two attacks each. Strength four. If you want, they got petrifying petrifying gaze and halberds. You have a champion. Petrifying gaze. Range of twelve inches. Shots d six plus one. Strength two. AP ten. Quick to fire. When rolling to move with this attack, use the agility to model that the hit is distributed onto instead of its resilience. For model parts, use the highest agility value. Wow, so that's pretty cool. Sandstalkers are expensive, but I mean, fun, right? It's a fun unit. Then you got the uh, Charnel Catapult. Five hit points, res four. It's the Catapult. Um, move or fire. Um, this artillery weapon hits on a roll equal to or greater than its aim. It can be fired in two ways. Catapult 4x4. Four four with area attack of 4x4. Four four. Uh, 12 to 60 inch range. One shot. Strength 3. Parentheses 7. AP 0. 4. Multiple wounds. D3 clip wings. Or you can go 6x6 area attack, range 12 to 40 inches, one shot, strength 3, AP 0, flame attack, magic attacks, purpose panic test. A unit suffering one or more health points loses from this weapon is treated as having separate 25 health point losses. Panic tests caused by this weapon are taken at minus one discipline. So you got your uh, anti Skaven or anti Orc uh, catapult mode. And you've got your more anti-elite catapult mode. That's pretty cool. 195 points. It's a pretty damn good catapult. Now we're in the entomb section. There's only one thing. It's a sand scorpion. It has a soul statue, fearless, fear, fear, fearless, underground ambush. Hey, Dudley, chill. Got four hit points, res five, offense four, strength five, two, AP two, lethal strike, poison attacks, has four attacks. I mean, as much as I'd want, like, Tomb Cataphracts to, like, be an ambush, I'd probably have them deployed in line. But for 170 points, you know, 340 points, have a couple sand scorpions doing some ambushing. That could be fun. That could be really fun. I mean, especially against, like, you know, Dark Elf, Auxiliaries, or... You know, wood elf archers or, you know, those pathfinders or those, you know, they got their wizard hiding in the back with some, you know, uh, whatchamacallums. And, you know, they just, I don't know, it'd be fun. I just think it'd be fun. Here's the menagerie. Here's like the real beauty, beautiful part of this army. And this is really, you're probably going to max your points out on this. But these guys are important. You got your battle sphinx. Move 512, 5 hit points, resilience 8. The riders get 2 attacks, strength 4 AP 1, lethal strike with light lance. The battle strength, battle sphinx itself spell, gets 4 attacks, strength 5 AP 2. It's got a breath attack and poison attacks, 450 points. Then you got a dread sphinx, res 8 again. It can fly, 612. Um. Five hit points. Res eight again. Um, five attacks. Strength five AP one. 
Attacks made with this weapon gain plus two strength, plus two armor penetration, and multiple wounds, D3 against towering presence. So, yeah. It's only 430 points, so. Take both of them, take one of them, but bring a Sphinx, man. Bring a Sphinx. You're playing a desert army of ancient dead dudes. You need to bring a Sphinx. Tomb Reapers, 305 points for two models. 185 points for each additional model, up to four models in your army. On the ground, they move 612, and they fly 612. They're autonomous and sold stone. Fear, fearless, light troops, swift stride. They have four hit points, res five. Uh, four attacks, strength five, AP two, lethal strike. They can have halberds at 15 points or um, paired weapons at 20 points. I don't know about these guys. I'm thinking Tomb Cataphracts. I'd rather put points in Tomb Cataphracts. I like the Sphinxes, but I don't know about Tomb Reapers. I guess it's personal choice, right? And you got the fucking Colossus, four or five points. He's a uh, move six, 12, discipline eight, installed statue, fearless. He's got five hit points, resilient six, light armor. He's got six attacks, six strength six, AP three. He's got D3 grind attacks. He can take a great weapon. He can take scales of destiny. He can take a great aspen bow. Or he can take paired weapons. Um, the Great Aspen Bow, his Great Aspen Bow in the Colossus has a 48-inch range, one shot, strength 3-6, AP 10, it's area attack 1B5, doing D3 wounds. Um, and for 20 points, yeah, you want to take this one. You want to take this one. Um, Scales of Destiny, They cost 15 points. The wielder suffers. Minus one attack value, minus one armor, and can cast falling balance spells. Fate's judgment or ice and fire. I mean, that's a. I, I'd spend. If I'm spending four or five points in Colossus, then goddamn right, I'm going to spend 35 points and get the giant Aspen Bow and the, uh, and the Scales of Destiny. So, anyway, that's your Undying uh, Dynasty's army. I don't know why it's not more popular. I mean, it'd be easy to paint their skeletons, for God's sake. They got underground ambush, so they're quick. They got monsters, big giant fucking monsters. They got great shooting. They got masses of shit that just rises from the dead. You can pimp out your characters all day long. The sun comes home. The sun goes down. I mean, they're great. They're great. Fucking model Sphinx. I mean, my God, people. How come no one plays this fucking army? Probably because the tomb cataphract models are such a pain in the ass to find. Um, but yeah, Manic Games makes everything for this army. Pretty much. Um, except for tomb cataphracts. But, um, yeah. You could do some great volley opportunities this army. But yeah, that's what I like. I think it's a great army. I think it's going to be fun to play. Um, yeah, it looks great. You'd run it a lot of different ways. Um, it wouldn't be... I like it because it's got kind of a historical army feel to it for me. It just does. Um, but yeah, so... 
like I said, I bought a horde of skeletons, so I might as well paint them up and start start building a uh, undying dynasty army. Maybe I can have it ready for Buckeye's battles. Who knows? But anyway, wish me luck at the event. If you're going to the event, say hi to me. I'll say hi to you. Um, looking forward to meeting everybody. And I hope you enjoyed this book review. And um, other podcasters, get out there and uh, start kicking some butt. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.